special guests, interviews, haunting stories, creatures of the unknown, and tales that will chill you to the bone. Brought to you by the UPRN Network and Pittsburgh Paranormal Society. Take a walk into the night with Sean Kelly. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Sean Kelly from Into the Night. How is everybody doing today? Did you have a uh, Did you have a nice uh, weekend? Nice holiday weekend. Um, you know, having cookouts and going to the beach or what, whatever you guys are doing. Um, I, I hope you had a good time. Um, I work, of course. That's just my life. I work. But, you know, during this past weekend, you know, I hope you took like a minute or two out of your time and thought about all um, the... Uh, military guys and women who um, lost their lives in order for us to have this uh, weekend holiday. I sure as heck did. Um, I raised a glass of iced tea to them and I said thank you. Um, and what I, I have a sad story to tell you tonight. Um, and I got permission to share this with you. Um, as you know, um, I, I suffer from depression and, and the anxiety, okay? Um, but th this one really, really kind of hit home. A friend of mine, her fiance's son, who was only, what, 23 years old, um, got really, really depressed, and he said, my life is not worth anything. And he took a dive off the four-story parking lot, and he died. And that really, really, you know, caught my heart, you know. Um, he was young, and he committed suicide. And, and that hurts. That hurts me. It hurt his family, you know. And I, I don't know the kid personally, and I really don't know who his story is, what his story is. But um, it, it kind of threw me, you know, a little bit of a, a down, down spiral, downward spiral. And I can just imagine... All the other, you know, suicides or the attempts from people over the past weekend, you know. Um, people who have PTSD, you know, our servicemen that came back with PTSD. I hope they made it through, you know. Um, I didn't talk to anybody. No one gave me a call, you know. But I tell you what I did do. I, I said a prayer for them. I prayed all weekend, you know, for them, you know. And and it, it's just kind of like really, it really sucks, to be honest with you. Because if you know anybody out there that is having any type of problem, please, please, please 
talk to them. Get them help. Every life is worth a million dollars. Every life, okay? Just because you think he, you know, a person dresses in all black and, you know, got white makeup on his face or, you know, the beautiful lawyer or a doctor or whatever. Really listen to them. Ask them questions. Find out. You have to find out what people, what's, what, what's making them tick, you know? I'm, I'm, for me, okay, I'm just glad I made it through the weekend. You know, there is a little downside of things for me, but I, I guess with all the bad that's going out there in the world right now, all right, and being in an empath like I am, and I said this last week, I do believe, or the week before, is that I can pick up on those feelings of other people. And when I'm at work and, and I pick up on those feelings from my customers or from my other coworkers, I, I make it a habit to go over and say, can I help you? And it's like a, not a double-edged sword, but it's a two-way street because my customers, you know, I go over and I see them and I know they're hurting and I go over, can I help you? And in their minds, they're thinking, can I help them pick out me? But on the inside, it's like, do you want to talk? And I would be more than happy to talk to you. But being in working with the public, I can't do that. I can't get really personal with them. Um, and so I help them out. And it's usually with me. But I know. Hi, Tommy. How you? I can relate. Tommy says I can relate. No, more than ever, I find myself disengaging from the news and just trying to enjoy the little things in life. Same here, Tom. Same here, buddy. Um, we talked about this last on the show on Chasing Prophecy. You know, um, I, I, I can't listen to the news because it's depressing. You know, it's there, there's nothing good in the news, you know. But back to when I was helping out, the, um, you know, my customers, I made them smile, you know. And that smile, you know, brought a smile upon my face and then my heart. Now, before we go on, I need to tell you, you know, I'm in my office, which is the attic of the house, and it was 90 degrees today, so it's like 100 up here. So if you see me bringing a white towel like that, I'm just sweating like crazy, you know. But um, I just hope everybody uh, had a good weekend, you know. And when you see that person hurting, I can't, I can't stress this enough. If you see that person, you know, hurting, or wanting to talk or something, do it. It won't kill you. Give them a number. Make sure they're safe. And then in the meantime, make sure you're safe. By just sitting and listening to somebody goes a long way. A long way. A hug. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Oh, I want a hug. 
That's what I want. I want a hug. I want a hug and and have somebody tell me that I'm going to be okay. I want that. And I think that's what a lot of people need out there in the world today. They need that. Um, and then when, you know, when you, when you go out of your way to help people and, um, when you go out of your way and people don't want that help, it, it kind of like, like kicks you in the, kicks you in the stomach, you know, and then they think you're a nut. You know, um, and they're like, they give you that nasty look. What do you do? What do you do? And in the meantime, you feel bad. You feel bad for them. But you can't go out and hate them. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't hate them. Not at all. Um, so... Again, if you see somebody hurting, talk to them or listen and direct them in the right, right way. There are numbers out there for mental health issues, and there is help out there. If you can, help them seek the help, please. Now, on Chasing Prophecy this evening, our guest couldn't make it for some reason. I don't know. So we just started talking. All right. Has anybody out there have, have witnessed or seen the YouTube channels about the man who um, is in the year 20, 2027? He's a time traveler and he's stuck in the year 2027. Well, there's a couple YouTube. There's some, you know, stuff that is out there on YouTube about him. And what he does is he walks around different places. I think he's in Spain, to be honest with you. I think he's in Spain. He's from Germany, but he's in Spain. And people tell him what to do. Now, I know, and I don't believe that. You know, I don't believe that. But I, I don't, um, I respect what, you know, the people who do. Is it possible for somebody to live in 2027 just waking up in the hospital bed and nobody being there? Not one person. But he's taking his video, he's taking the camera off his phone and he's filming places with no people around. Police cars running. And I, I did a lot of research on that. And I come to the conclusion to where um, there, there are some computer programs out there that can actually take away people or objects off the video. Now, a lot of, you know, a lot of the experts, you know, they think that um, it would probably take a long time for that to happen, for them to clear out the video. I believe that's what happened, you know, but it's, it's possible that he is there. But just think about it. 
What would you do if you, you know, woke up in a hospital in the year 2027? What would you do? I wouldn't be going around filming with my camera. Different places with no people in it. I'd be trying to find a way home. I'd be doing everything I can to get back to where I came before. Where I came back from. Where I came from. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, maybe the dude's there. Maybe he's not. I don't believe he is. And, and that's about other time traveling stuff, too. Um, people, you know, go into the future. And I've seen some videos and some stuff on um, the, the Internet that these people believe that they are. How do we know? How, how do we know this? Or is, or is it just to get public? of some sort, you know. I personally think that it is to get some publicity. I mean, the dude got a lot of followers on his YouTube channel. And that's okay. And I'm sure with all the followers, he gets paid. You know, I want to get, you know, I want to see my money that I do. You know, is it worth it? Is it worth it to go through all that problem, all that trouble? To clear people out of um, the video. Now, Tommy came up and said something. Uh, Tommy Miller said, not sure about that. Waking up in a hospital bed five years in the future, but still has their phone ready and available. Could easily just be a video from early in the lockdowns when almost nobody was going out in public. Whoa. Oh, I did that, Tom. Uh, I didn't think of that at all, bud. And that's a good thing. I'm going to have to bring that up. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. But Tommy has a point there. You know, maybe during the lockdowns, nobody um, was out. And the dude took some pictures. That's very possible. I, I don't know. I, I have a problem with time traveling. Going back. Um, I've heard people on Jason Prophecy and other shows saying that in order to um, go back or go forward, um, it has to be on that direct time space. I mean, there's so much that is put into going traveling in through time. But maybe somebody's out there that does have it and, and did have it. I would like to hear their story about it, yeah. I would like to hear the story and see what they come up with, you know. But who am I to judge? I can't judge, you know. I can't judge a person because they think that they went or they did travel in the future. And I'm not going to judge them. I just want to hear their story. I just want to meet them face to face and shake their hand and say, you know, welcome back. That's what I want to do. And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. I don't know. And then we talked a little bit about karma. What do you guys think of karma? Karma's for real. You know? Karma is definitely real. And sometimes 
most of the time, like like Jason said on Jason Property, he said, you know, the more good that you put out there in life, the more you shall receive. And in return, the more bad that you put out there, it's going to come back to you tenfold, you know, and, and life will be rough for you. But I know people, this is funny, it's true, I know them personally, that deliberately go out and do bad crap so karma can come back and, you know, do bad things to them. Because they enjoy it. Um, they enjoy bad things happening to them. Why? Why, why, why do you want something, why did, why did they want something bad to happen, you know? I, I, I don't, you know, and don't get me wrong, a long time ago, um, I was a bad person, but, you know, and no matter what I touched, everything broke, you know, no matter what, and I would be mischievous and try to improve on my social life, my marriage life, you know, getting anything that I can. You know, I was a real bastard back then. Before I got sober, I mean, I used people. I used them. If I didn't get what I wanted from them, then I would just kick them to the ground, kick them to the curb. And I guess God looked at me and said, you know what? We need to change you. And January 21st, 1991, my life changed. And don't get me wrong, it's not all peaches and cream from there. You know, I, I went through struggles. I mean, even, even with a clear mind, you know, I still wanted, you know, I wanted things, and I did bad things, even when I had a clear mind. But that was my choice, you know. That that was definitely my choice to do that. But eventually, after it was all said and done, okay, I think I'm doing pretty good today. Going on thirty years. I have thirty years of recovery. Thirty-two years of not taking a drug you know my life is tough right now but you know what when I wake up in the morning when I wake up in the morning and I just look ahead and I say can you help me stay sober today and I do that thank you Tom appreciate it bud I, I ask Please help me stay sober today. And then I stay sober. And I don't take that drink. And then when I go to bed at night, before I fall asleep, I always look up and say, thank you for keeping me sober tonight, today. And I know that I couldn't get into trouble for saying that because I'm already in bed, I'm tired, and I'm ready to go to sleep. So there's no harm in myself for doing that but I did that for the longest time and and even today e e even there are times today when uh, I'm not a good person or I'm down or whatever um, when I'm not in my right mind 
I do that. I go back to what was taught to me a very long time ago. So, yes, karma exists. Absolutely. You know, if you want to get a goal, you want to find something or you want to accomplish something, you have to work for it. You have to work for it. Just like I've worked to get 30 years in recovery. And I got a wonderful son who has never seen me take a drink. You know, and I've seen people grow. It, it, it's just a wonderful feeling. But, you know, that's where I am with karma. So my suggestion to you would be if you want something good, put good out there. Just don't put nothing bad because it will bite you pretty bad. It will. And I was thinking, you know, especially over um, the holiday this weekend or any holidays. It seems like the more you get older, the more you just don't want to do. You know? And I talked to somebody today who's a very active person. And they look pretty down. And I went up to them and I said, you know, what's wrong with you? You're usually happy. And he looked at me and they said, you know, every year we have a big party for Memorial Day. You know, we go, go, go to my house. They go into the pole and have a cookout. But this year they didn't. No, they didn't have a party. No one came over to their house. They had other things to do. And I can see where um, that, that would really bother them. Because, you know, my dad, he died back in 1986. But before he died, we used to have the 4th of July here at our house all the time. And we would have big parties on the 4th. I mean, his family, my family, it was just a lot of fun. But when my dad passed, there were no more big parties. No one came around. No one called. My, God bless my mom. You know, she tried to keep it going. And people would just come over just to be there. And I know in my heart they didn't want to be there. But they did it because they wanted my mom to feel okay. How do you feel about that? What what is your what what do you guys feel about what 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 happened to me with my father? And no one decides not to come around again because they have other things to do. And when I say that, okay, when I when I do say that, um, it, it it it's not just my family because I thought it was us, but it's other families too. That this happens whenever I guess the patriarch or the matriarch passes people don't you know really care anymore and and they leave them alone 
and don't call them, don't talk to them. You know, it hurts. It hurts to see that. It hurt when I saw my mom like that, when no one would call. It hurt me. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't give, I don't give a rat's ass if anybody came over or not. Because I usually work. And I was tired. Then they had the fireworks. I was in bed by 10 o'clock. Because I had to go to work the next day. But that's what I'm saying is that people really seriously need to have that communication with other people. It doesn't mean you have to go to the party. But you know what? You can call them up and say, hey, you know what? That's okay. We're not going to make it, but maybe we'll stop in for an hour or an hour and a half, whatever, you know, maybe. But I, I see the pain in my mom, and I see the pain in my in other people, too. Uh, once when the significant other passes, nobody wants nothing to do with you. So we do the best that we can to make the situation right, you know. God bless my son, you know. Um, he uh, calls my mom, his grandma, every other day for the last, what, 14 years, 15 years, because he's out of state. And I remember times when my mom would be hurting, and I knew she would be hurting, I would text my son and I would say, can you please call mom? And he will. And then just cheer her up, you know. So it all boils down back to, you know, depression, anxiety. Just be nice to some people, you know. Just be nice to people. It is like really, really hot in, in my in my office up here. It is steaming hot. You know. So how was everybody's weekend? Tommy, did you have a good weekend? Um what's everybody's plans for the summertime? I'll tell you my plans I'm gonna do. I plan on going gold prospecting, but I also am gonna go ghost hunting too. You know, there's some places up in Pennsylvania and um and I know some places where I can go prospect for bull. And I know that I can go prospect ghosts at night. You know, um, it is hot in the beginning of summer. So the investigations have calmed down a little bit, you know. But um, yeah, you had to work all weekend, but I'm enjoying a few days off in the middle of the week now. That's good, Tom. And I hope you have a great weekend, dude. I really do. Excuse me. I'll wipe the sweat off. That's cool. But, um, yeah. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go prospect gold, and then at night, going to prospect ghost. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what I'd like to try out this year is, um, instead of going to a haunted area, I mean, a haunted house or something that I know that um, there's ghosts, you know, I, I want to try and do some 
Sasquatch, some Bigfoot hunting this year. Just check it out. And trust me, I will have somebody along with me when I do this, or maybe a couple people, because I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, I'm from this city, and there ain't no way I can deal with the woods at night. You know, call me chicken. Can I ask a... Yes, you can, Tom, please. Ask a question, buddy. But I can't. I can't do the woods by myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. God bless those people up in Canada and not in Idaho and Montana. You know, Oregon, even here in the Appalachians and stuff like that. Um, God bless you. I'm glad you can do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Let's see where it goes from there. Um, I don't know. What else do I plan on doing? Oh, in September, September 16th, um, we're going to the, I'm going to say it right. I think it's called the Hinsman House or Hillsman, Hillsman House up in New York. It's September 16th. And um, I'm looking forward to that, you know. Um, go to some place. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, I have been to Quaker Church in Uniontown. Yes. And I got a story to tell you about that. Um, I remember back in, uh, what was it, 2007. Now, Quaker Church is, let me explain the, the cemetery. It is freaking old and it is scary. It's like one of the most scariest cemeteries out there and there's a lot of lot of not a lot of happy things going on out in that area in that cemetery but um i remember the first time that we went there okay we we got some good you know stuff uh we got good evidence and good pictures and at that time like i said ghost hunting was really just starting up so all we had were cameras and evps going so I remember we had one guy in the group, and he called out the ghost that was in there. Now, there's like a little chapel in the middle of the cemetery, okay? And it was done. They, I think the Quakers were part of that. Um, and he, he was a mean old boy. He was a mean old spirit. So we finally get the investigation done. We go in our cars, and all of a sudden we pull out. And the dude that was instigating the ghost there got a flat tire. Okay. And so we pulled over. And what was crazy, here's what's the crazy thing right now. It's on a dirt road. So, you know, you, you could see if a cop was coming or kind of was walking down that, that road or whatever. So he pulled over and he put it up on the jacks. And here he had a flat tire. But here's what's crazy about that flat tire, right? It wasn't done by no nail. And it wasn't done, you know, um, a screw or whatever, like you normally get. On the inside part of the tire, now this is true, on the inside part of the tire, there was a, a slit that big. It had to be about four inches long. A slit, like someone put a knife in there and put the hole in and there was no way that could have happened there's no way because that was a brand new tire on that dude's uh truck so yeah quaker church is really have you been there tom 
Have you been there, buddy? But um, but now, from what I understand, at Quaker Valley, um, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, the Quaker Church, um, you can't really go there no more because the police do patrol it. And if you're caught in it at night, you know, they write you a ticket, you know, you get fined or else they could arrest you. You know, who knows what's going on. So I honestly haven't been back to Quaker in a long time. I wouldn't mind going back. You know, let's see. I had a very crazy visit. This is Tommy, everybody. I had a very crazy visit there around the same time around 2006 and 7. It's fenced off now. You can't. You can't even go up to it. I yeah, okay. Um, I guess there was a lot, a lot of uh, rituals that were going on in that cemetery, especially in in the church area about that. But I remember one time when we were there. When we were there that night, I remember seeing seeing a ghost of a woman who had a wore a red dress, and I was and it just wasn't me. There was like everybody in the group saw this you know young woman in a red dress so and, and another cool thing i want to say about when we were in that um in that chapel area it was really crazy because me and my friend we were standing there and all of a sudden we saw these little lights dancing in front of us i'd never seen it anything like that before now it could have been fairies or whatever it didn't have no wings, but it was like little light, like little balls of light moving. It was crazy. My friend pointed it out to me, and it was like really creeping her out, you know. And um, I didn't get creeped out, but I, I thought it was fascinating. But she grabbed my hand and forced me to leave the, chap the chapel. Um, but Quaker is like one of the most haunted cemeteries that I have been to. Another cemetery that I've gone to. Um, it's called Restland Cemetery out there in Monroe. Uh, my friend and I were there during the day and saw an older couple there. It's a long story, but they had to be ghosts. The most real and creepy experience in my life. Tommy, yeah. Let me read that again from Tom. His experience was his friend and I were, they, they were during the day and saw an older couple there. It's a long story, but they had to be ghosts. The most real and creepy experience in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Um, I definitely believe that. Um, so, uh, God, is that hot? But another another place that I've gone to, um, there's a lot of cemeteries out too, and I would love to get back to them, you know? I'd love to get back to the... Um, it wrestling cemetery out in Monroe and they had a story out there it's called walking Rosie and we seen her we seen walking Rosie out there uh, the backstory to that was there was a bunch of young kids that um, took her gravestone and they threw it over the hill and the thing is that they can actually see her wandering um, through wrestling through the cemetery looking for her stone but in the meantime we've done in fact when we first started that was probably the only place that we could actually go to um so that we could go and investigate um 
and we saw her, you know. And what's really, really crazy is, like, on top of it, that was my first board picture, and, and I was talking to Carmen. She was with me. She's the one that helped started Paranormal, Pittsburgh Paranormal. And um, very first picture she caught was an orange orb, okay? Now, here in Pittsburgh, we have restaurants called Eaton Park, okay? And their main thing is Eaton Park Smiley Cookies, okay? Um, and they're like two eyes and then the smile, right? Wow. Honest, honest go. I, I got to find my old photos and put them up. But um, she took the picture. It was an orange orb. And it was a really mad orb. Because it wasn't smiling. It was like like anger looking. You know, it was like, it was like what are you doing here? <laughs> you, you don't need to be here. You know, but I thought that would be pretty cool. Uh, wrestling was that, but that was a good cemetery. We went there a lot of times, and there was a couple other places, other cemeteries that we've gone to. Um, we investigated my father's cemetery, Holy Souls, out there on uh, Camel's Run, and uh, it 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 really wasn't. We got a couple orbs and a couple mists, but you know nothing biggie. It wasn't really, really, really. You know, active there. Um, I guess maybe because my dad told all the coast to you know stay away. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it if he told if he told him to do that. But uh, there's one more cemetery that, that was really chilling. Um, and right now I'm drawing a blank. Eventually I will hopefully get it before uh, the show's over with. But. Um, Whenever you go out, go something, and whenever you, if you want to go to a cemetery, okay, always make sure you get permission to go before you, permission to go into the cemetery before you go in, because it, two things happen. A, you can get into a lot of trouble because you're actually trespassing on private, pro, private property, um, and second of all, you, you make life hard for other paranormal groups because a lot of people would not be, um, they wouldn't be allowed to go in because of other people. I remember one cemetery we did, it was up there, um, up, up east, and it was a corner one, okay? And um, it was an old time because actually it was like back in the Revolutionary War. Some of them stones were dated back to like 1770, 72, 76, 78, 1700. But back then they were put into wooden coffins, right? And you can actually see the coffin sink in the ground. It was like really, really cool. <laughs> uh, kind of creepy. But somebody called the police on us and they came over. It was the state police, Pennsylvania State Police. And they came over and they told us that we had to leave. Because some people called them and told them that we were trespassing. But when I went and I, when I talked to the officers, it was like, we're investigating, you know. And then we weren't causing no trouble. We were just hunting ghosts. And he said, I, I totally understand. But this area here is where a lot of kids come and they drink and do drugs and cause a lot of trouble. 
That's why we're going to have to ask you to wait. So that's the downfall, you know, going to a cemetery without permission. And especially if you get caught by the cops. It's not a good scene. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so that's basically uh, right now. Basically, that that's all the uh, cemeteries that I could talk about and think about. Um, Tommy, do you have any questions? Um, do you want to share? If anybody out there has anything that they want to talk about, you know, please put it out there in in the comment section here. Um, if you have anything that you want to be heard of, um, want me to put on my show, please send me a message. Just go to the Pittsburgh Paranormal Society Facebook page and uh, leave me your question and we'll see, you know, what we can do and maybe we can have you on as a guest. Um, now, I know it's summertime and, and a lot of people like to go out, you know, or what are my thoughts on psychics? Nice question, Tom. I'm glad you said that. Okay. Um, I don't like the word psychics. Okay. Now, if you look at the word, now everybody, what I'm going to tell you, everybody, is what I feel. Okay. Um, my theory behind psychics is that they're out there to make a buck. Okay. And that's okay. That's their job. And I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking. I never, never knock anybody's, uh, you know, psychic abilities or whatever they do to make a living. But what bothers me the most is that you ask them a question before they start your reading. And people are good at, you know, building a story in on that question that you give them. And the person who's getting a reading is so in tune and so engrossed with, you know, this reader that they're not thinking. You know, they're 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 absorbing every word that comes out of their minds. Um and it, and, and a lot of them think of it as gold, you know what I mean? Um so there are some good psychics, you know, and then there's not not too many good psychics either. But here's my theory on it. You know, if God gave you that gift to help people, don't charge $100, you know, for reading. That's ridiculous, you know. Um, I do read, but I don't consider myself a psychic. I don't like that word. I prefer a spiritualist or a medium, whatever. But psychic to me is just a word that, you know, people are, are just made. Because they're so used to seeing that word and people want to see that. Because if I go out there and I say, oh, I'm the spiritualist, um, they're not going to come to me for a reading or whatever. Um, I don't charge an arm and a leg, you know. Um, but there's a there's a number one rule when you do readings. Um people and not so much psychic but if you do like the pendulum right or anything else any other place other reading you have to keep that energy flowing okay so what I mean by that okay see so Tommy comes up to me and he asks for a reading okay 
And so I give him a reading. And Tommy doesn't pay me. But what happens, you know, the energy has to keep going like this. But with Tommy not paying me, the energy stops. Okay. So whenever you give something to somebody, you actually need to receive it back. You know? I hope that answered your question a little bit there, Tom. Um, the choice is yours if, if you want to go. You know, I if I was anybody that wanted to go see a psychic, I would really, really, you know, do some uh, research on the different psychics around. You know, you have to be careful on who you get. Now, I'm not going to mention names. There's a lot of people out there. But there was a psychic on one show a long, long time ago. And the guy stood up and he said, am I going to die? And the psychic bluntly came out and said, yeah, you're going to die next month. True. It was the truth. I'm not going to mention the show and I'm not going to mention the psychic. And I said, first thing that came out of my mouth was, you're not God. <laughs> you can't tell somebody when they're going to die or not. You may see them dying. I've seen people, you know, dying. But you know what? I'm, I, I don't have the authority to say, well, I'm, I'm, you're going to die in three weeks from now. No, you can't do that. And here's the crazy thing about this reader. The reader would charge $1,500 for an hour reading. $1,500. And she wouldn't recommend anybody else but her kid, who was charged, which would charge $500 for a half hour. Ridiculous. That's craziness. I mean, why would you want to do that? I, I will tell you a story. I did work for a psychic hotline a long time ago. And I remember this lady called. And I gave her a reading. And I spent an hour on her talking. And I gave her a reading. And I hung up. And then she called back. And she said they wanted to talk to me. There was a lady I just got to reading, and I said, I just gave you a reading. I want another one. And here's the whole thing about that. Me and her fought, you know. Not fought, but, you know, I refused to give her a reading because I already gave her one. Knowing in my mind that when she gets her telephone bill, it's going to be pretty, pretty high, real high. And, um, it got to the point where I said, you know what? I'm not going to read you. And I hung up. And I sat there and I thought about it. And I said, and I called the company back up. I said, I quit. And they asked me, why? Why are you quitting? And I said, because God gave me this gift to help people. Not to take their monies. Because I'm sure all that money that she's going to be paying on her telephone bill for that, she could have used it for something else, you know. So that's my thought on, on psychics, Tom, you know. 
I use my gift to help people, you know, when I'm in situations where, you know, if I'm out on an investigation or if I'm in the house, that's true, you know, has a bad spirit or a demon, I use my thing on that. But um, if somebody ever did come up and ask me for a reading, I would give them. And they asked me, well, how much do you charge? Um, I, I'll tell them how much money. Do you have a penny? And they said, really? I said, yeah, do you got a penny? And uh, I would read them for a penny because he had to get that energy still flowing. He couldn't stop it at a certain point. And um, when people didn't have money, I'd still read them. But how they would pay me back was I would tell them, I said, if you have the opportunity, please, you know what? Make somebody happy today, you know? Make somebody happy. You know, make them smile, help them out. And then you paid me back, all right? So it's getting close to the witching hour. It's coming up. Yep, getting really close. And uh, I just want to thank everybody. Tommy, thank you for your questions. Thank you for being in, in the chat with me. Um, you can get me, uh, you can, my show is on. Um, into the night, um, UPRN Radio 105.3, 11 p.m. to midnight. Um, and you also can find me on Chasing Prophecy Tuesday nights on UPRN Radio 105.3. And um, we're on from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Central. It was nice chatting with you, buddy. Thank you for enjoying my show. And on that note, everybody have a good night. Remember, you know, children, hug your parents and tell them you love them. And parents, give your children a hug and tell them that you love them. You'll be surprised how far that little saying goes, I love you, how far it goes. And when you say it, mean it. Don't just say it to say it. And on that note, good night. Happy hunting.